It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash EMC. It is the Lockdown Bengals Podcast with your hosts, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The 2019 season in the books, it is behind us. The exit interviews happened today, according to Zach Taylor, today being Monday, December 30th. And it's Monday, Joe, and you know what we do on Monday in the offseason? I do know what we do. We're going to do a mock draft Monday. But first, as you might expect, on the first day after the regular season, the Bengals made a bunch of roster moves, minor roster moves for the most part. There's a bunch of coach churn in the NFL, so we'll get you those news updates. We'll start with the basics, and that's a few minor roster moves that the Bengals made today as the season came to a close. They issued futures contracts to Moritz Boringer, the European tight end who's been with the team It feels like forever now without consuming a roster spot and mid-season practice squad acquisition DeMarcus Lodge wide receiver from Ole Miss got a futures contract as well. On top of that, the Bengals put in a waiver claim on former Packers cornerback Troy Brown beating out several other teams that also put a claim in on Brown. They will gain rights to his contract after the Super Bowl. This comes on the heels of three days ago, the Bengals signing from the CFL, Winston Rose, who was an all-star for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That was after recording nine interceptions in the Canadian Football League this season. Tony Brown, on the other hand, highly athletic, ran a 4-3-5 at the Combine. On top of those moves, in case you missed it, the Bengals issued a three-year extension to Trey Hopkins earlier this week locking him up at center for the next few years. He did an interview with Marissa Contepelli on the Bengals website today. If you want to go check out his thoughts on his extension and the road he's taken to earn that spot as a Bengals center for the next few years. This does bring up questions, of course, for Billy Price, but there are vacancies on this roster, potentially at both guard positions or at the very least a roster battle to come. Yeah, and credit to Trey Hopkins. He beat out first-round pick Billy Price. Hopkins has been on the roster since 2016. He's had uh, years of experience, but with injuries and really nowhere to really play as an undrafted free agent all that long ago, he has kind of battled his way between both guard spots and finally this year center, and 
he was a stability in the inside there for the Bengals when the offensive line was really poor. And then as the offensive line progressed in the second half of the year, he was still the same guy in there, even if his uh, performance dipped a little bit as the season wore on. I think we can chalk it up as saying he's their starting center now for the next three years. Hopefully Jonah Williams is their left tackle. And you at least have two positions out of the five to going forward. So some opportunity for improvement, I think, as Zach Taylor would say on that offensive line going into next year. He was asked which units he wanted to see improve from this year to next year in his press conference today. And as expected, as a coach would, he said all the units need to get better. But I think there is certainly some particular focus on the offensive line, especially given the rotations they've used. Fred Johnson playing better down the stretch at least securing a roster spot to get into the fight next year for what will almost certainly be a roster battle on the offensive line. But then there are questions about, will Joe Mixon show up for workouts? Will he pull a Melvin Gordon and try to hold out for a contract? Didn't work out so well for Gordon, worked out much better for Ezekiel Elliott and Dallas. Mixon said he wants to be a Bengal for life, according to Ben Baby, the ESPN Bengals beat reporter. But he did say that at some point, it needs to be about me. So there are questions for Mixon. There are questions for A.J. Green. That was rehashed again with the media as he spoke with them on Monday. And these are certainly big questions for the Bengals as they head into the offseason and prepare themselves, as Zach Taylor said, to go coach in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, Zach Taylor said that it would be an advantage for his staff to work at the Senior Bowl and coach those players as they are just now getting started on looking at college potential prospects. And Joe Burrow's brought up a lot. Obviously, Joe Burrow may be there at the Senior Bowl, but I think right there when Zach Taylor said, we haven't even watched him yet, lets you know where they're at in this process. There's a lot to go still for the coaching staff to get familiar with these college prospects. The Senior Bowl is the best way to do that. And will that coaching staff be the same staff in January at the Senior Bowl? Zach Taylor said they're evaluating everything and need to get everything sorted out first, which means maybe, I guess. In other news, Andy Dalton wins his first good guy award, which is handed out by the local media for the player that shows the most cooperation and understanding of the media and works with them the best throughout the season. Paul Daner Jr., who heads the local chapter of the Pro Football Writers Association, said it was almost embarrassing that Dalton had never won the award before. You almost take for granted his genuine respect and accessibility since he's been doing it for so long, never refusing an interview or media request. So good for Dalton on his way out of town, winning the Good Guy Award from the local media. And before we get into Mock Draft Monday, as we start to sharpen our focus on the draft sharpen our minds we want to tell you about the number one app for sleep and meditation coming to you from lebron james and calm lebron and calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body you need to train it so you can sleep better have less stress and perform at your best you can head over to calm.com locked on and get 40 percent off a calm premium membership right now for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. Again, that's calm.com slash locked on for 40% off on your annual membership. 
So the Bengals got another coach fired. Freddie Kitchens out in Cleveland. But uh, yeah, good for them, right? I mean, I, on one hand, Kitchens had to be fired. On the other hand, you kind of want them to keep looking like a clown show as they tend to do. But um, that's not the point of this segment. It is Mock Draft Monday. That's an air horn from my mouth, if you didn't know. I'm excited to do this. Jake, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I've done many of these, and I think they're hilarious to do in December because you get stupid good results from players that won't be available, might not declare. We have no idea what the athletic testing is going to look like for any of these guys yet, but it is a fun exercise to do. And because we're officially in the offseason and the Bengals are officially on the clock, we might as well, right? And it's going to be boring for this first pick compared to last year for the most part because every now and then we'll, we'll take a day where we'll be like, you know what, today... Today we won't take Joe Burrow, and we're going to do right. something different just in case. But that Straight might back. only be the case for a few days, too, for a few weeks, rather, because it could become clear very early on, especially if they start negotiating with Burrow before the draft, which is unlikely. But What do you think like the, the scope of mock drafts on the internet are going to have Joe Burrow at number one? Like 98%, which I yeah. think would be extremely a lot. Yeah. I mean, I don't I think, think if, this has happened since Andrew Luck. It hasn't. I think if you looked right now, it's probably 100% for, for sure. mocks that are out right now. Maybe maybe, maybe not. I'm sure there's Current. some hipsters out there. And there's got to be some range of how far do we go back. The last three weeks, maybe someone's still at Chase Young. But, you know, uh, if it's the last week, they got to be 100% Joe Burrow. So if we're on the clock, which we are right now, we're using the Draft Network's mock draft machine. And we're on the clock here with the first week. We're going to go four rounds today. I think it's right. pretty easy. We've talked about Joe Burrow enough. We don't need to talk about him anymore. But if you didn't I, watch... I do want to talk about Joe Burrow. Okay, talk about so, Joe Burrow while the simulator runs. One point here. We've got the mock draft machine up. We've got PFF up right now in order to you know, get two different boards in, our, in front of our face. Both have Joe Burrow as the number one player. So if you're one of the few that are still saying, like, Chase Young's a better player, but you got to take the quarterback, I'm not even sure that argument even holds any water anymore, right? It, Joe Burrow just may be the better player at this point. I think if you were to ask PFF, he is. He's one of their, if not their highest graded player, quarterback, sorry, since they started grading college football. And they, using positional value, will tell you that quarterbacks are three to five times more valuable than the best defensive lineman in the NFL. And the mm. reason for that is mostly things that you don't necessarily think about. Like when a defensive end gets an offside penalty, it's very hard for that defensive end to make that value up. Whereas when a quarterback gets a delay of game penalty or an intentional grounding penalty, it's very easy for sure. them to Next make play. that up. Yeah, yeah, just because you can get so many passing yards. But if an offensive lineman does a penalty or defensive lineman does a penalty, if you wanted to take a tackle first overall instead, or if you want to take Chase Young overall, which is primarily what we're talking about here. If you go off sides, well, now you need a sack or, or a big tackle for a loss. And even if you get that, that doesn't necessarily make up from an expected points pers perspective that offside penalty. You go off sides, you give the other team a first and five. Well, now their odds of scoring go up more than like maybe you get them into a second and 15. Sure. Right. So I'm probably not articulating that as well as the PFF no, your, your guys would, to, but 
Yeah, your point is well made there. I think that uh, just the value, I would love to see it in an easy digestible number or grade or letter of, I have that. of a ranking of most valuable. But I, does it say like net 100 is quarterback, the next one is defensive end at 80? Yeah, it's like that. It's quarterbacks can get to like three to four wins over average. And a defensive end will get to like 0.5. A running back will get to like 0.6. It's 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 like a fraction. So it's it's mm. you know 30 to 20 to 30 percent is valuable from the best defensive lineman to the best quarterback. So the pick was Joe Burrow with the first pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow. And now we're on the clock in the second round. We're going to take a look quickly at what happened in the first round, see where different guys went. Chase Young, of course, goes number two to the now locked-in Washington football team. Jeffrey Akuda goes fourth. Tua Tango Viola falls all the way to sixth, but you expect that Miami will likely take him. Isaiah Simmons, who's probably the only real true first-round linebacker in this draft, Goes Did you see Isaiah Simmons at deep free safety coming to make that interception on the sideline? Yeah, he's maybe closer to Derwin James than a linebacker. But maybe even the opposite. Like, Derwin James was a safety that could definitely play linebacker and do some crazy stuff. This is a linebacker that can play safety. Yeah. I just came and wrap my mind around it. He's supremely athletic. He goes all the way down at 12. He might go earlier than that compared. Sure. You think about where the two Devons went last year in a similarly sparse class of linebacker. In fact, it might even be a little bit worse. We're going to have to wait and see. Filtering through the rest of the first round here, Justin Herbert, Jedrick Wills, the tackle from Alabama. Jordan Love goes at 18. There's where Miami gets their quarterback. So Miami passes on Tua to get Jordan Love with Andrew Thomas and Sean Wade. So they get a corner, a tackle, and a quarterback. And Justin Herbert went to the Colts. And then at the end of the first round, Jalen Riegor, the wide receiver from TCU. And unfortunately for us, because I was ready to scoop up Dylan Moses Mm -hmm. with the 33rd pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, he goes at 29 to the Kansas City Chiefs. So now the Bengals being us on the clock, let's take a look at our options. And there are many options at pick 33 in this particular instance of the mock draft simulator. The top two interior offensive linemen on the draft networks board, Tyler Beatos from Wisconsin and Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma are the top two rated players on their board. On PFF's board, the top available player is Alex Leatherwood, the Alabama left tackle, who they say has some of the smoothest feet in football, gave up only 10 pressures all year in a transition to left tackle, playing it for the first time in his Alabama career. Then you can look at running back if you really want to, depending on what you think about running backs. Jonathan Taylor, Travis Etienne, both available. And if you watched Etienne against Ohio State, it's very hard to not be blown away with the skill set there but then you just look down the board a little bit a lot of tackles lining the board that look really good that might be there in the third round running back obviously you can find throughout the draft joe what else should we be looking at here kenneth murray the linebacker from oklahoma he's projected to go anywhere from the 30s to the 40s and uh, we got a little taste of him during the lsu game if you watched and obviously they couldn't 
touch LSU's offense, but Murray's an athletic guy that has been all over the defense for a defense that isn't very good. And you got to say he'd be that athletic um, outside linebacker to pair with Jermaine Pratt, hopefully. I'd say based on the likelihood, and everyone's warning you, any draft analyst or prognosticator will say this is such a rich offensive tackle class that there's going to be a really good one there at 33. And here we are sitting there, and we're like, man, there's a lot of good players. We look at the board, and there's so many that we're like, there's going to be a guy there at 65. Maybe you jump on linebacker now, and you let the board fall to you, and you play one of these guys at tackle, guard, whatever is the open spot, and you move forward in 2020 like that, and you know you let the young guys develop with this draft pick at 65. I'm not against taking a, a lineman here and just saying, you know what, let's build this offense to a strength, let's build this offensive line to a strength of this, of this team, and protect Joe Burrow. I think everybody at this point is ready for the offensive line to be good again, but you just look at the linebacker class, and that's where I start to think, ah, maybe Kenneth Murray makes sense. Jermaine Pratt got a lot better toward the end of the season. So did Nick Vigil, but there's no guarantee. In fact, I think it's probably a bit of a long shot, given what we know right now, that Vigil will be back, unless things have changed, potentially. We, we don't know for sure. So that is a reason that I really consider Kenneth Murray here. The other thing is maybe they go out and they make my dream free agent signing and get Corey Littleton or Joe Schobert. I'd be very happy with either of those acquisitions. Right. But just looking at the value here, positional value, something that we talked about all the time last year going into the draft, doing it again now. Alex Leatherwood transitioned to left tackle very smoothly at Alabama, was much better there. And the only reason that I pause on Leatherwood is because he might need to play at guard to start his career in Cincinnati. And he wasn't as good at guard. He was a right guard. And he's definitely developed or played better. I guess it depends on how you want to look at it uh, than he was when he was at right guard. So maybe he's your left guard this year as a rookie. Maybe he's your future right tackle. And you end up with Alabama bookends on the offensive line. But, yeah, I think if you look at it, at the very least, you slide Leatherwood at left guard. And you have Jonah Williams, Leatherwood, and Hopkins on your left side there. Maybe Michael Jordan ends up being your right guard. Uh, maybe it's John Miller still who ended the season on a good game too. And then you have Bobby Hart for now at right tackle or Fred Johnson maybe gets into that competition. I think drafting a lineman with that 33rd pick instantly boosts the talent on this front. So let's call it Leatherwood for now. Let's this is hard because we haven't evaluated most of these guys in any sort of depth yet. We're, right. we're relying on some words of those we trust and small amounts of of things that we've seen for ourselves. So it could be that in a month's time, if we were given the selection, we would easily go with Kenneth Murray or one of the interior guys. But for now, we'll take Alex Leatherwood and say we're addressing the offensive line. We've got Joe Burrow and Alex Leatherwood, and we'll see what happens next. And immediately Kenneth Murray is drafted. Of course. Four picks later, because he's never going to make it to 65, but somebody certainly will and I think one thing that we should be looking at when we get to 65 is which offensive tackles are still available because it looks like there's actually a run on them here in the second round of this mock so I'm glad we took Leatherwood there Austin Jackson from USC is picked Lucas Niang from TCU is gone Natane Muti from Fresno State the interior lineman the two guys we talked about Beatas and uh, Creed Humphrey. Humphrey both also picked Prince Tanga Wanogu from Auburn selected as well. So if we're picking a tackle at this point, I'm kind of mech 
Mackie Becton from Mackay. Mackay Becton. Yeah, from See, Louisville. I, I don't know names yet. Uh, from Louisville. I love Sam Cosme if he comes out from Texas. He's a redshirt sophomore. And Josh Jones from Houston is a guy that will be ranked much higher Freak. than 136 by the time the draft actually gets here. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? No, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit match halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. So what are we looking at at linebacker then? Well, Troy Dye was selected just three picks before we were back on the clock at 65. He went 62 to Green Bay. Obviously, earlier in the second round, Kenneth Murray gone. So looking at the top of the Draft Network's linebacker list, I don't really know any of these names. I recognize Patty Fisher only because he goes to Northwestern and he's going back to school for his senior year. I see Patrick Queen and Shaquille Quarterman way down on the list, but I don't know anything about these guys yet. We know who the pick is, Jake. Do we? We do. Go to wide receiver and see who's sitting at the top. Is it going to be, oh, would you look Justin at that? Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Do it, right? I mean, I want to. I'm, I want to look around a little bit, too. Do some shopping. Just going to look at corner real quick. I don't know any of these guys either. Oh, we've got a long way to go. Senior Bowl is going to introduce us to a lot of these guys. I Here's what I could do in this scenario, though. Just I'm not going to know a lot of these players' names, but three tech I'd be interested in. Atkins obviously had his worst year this year in terms of making an impact. I think you could use another athlete in there to spell him a little bit. It can't always be Billings and Tupo, and then who knows what Glasgow is after spending the second year in a row in IR. I think I would look at receiver, of course, third round. We don't know what's going on with Green. Ross is a wild card anytime he steps on the field. I would not be against at this one, maybe not in third round, but fourth and after, spend another pick on a running back uh, just in case we never know what happens with um, – Joe Mixon, obviously, but safety, corner. I think you're in bonus territory here because you went and got quarterback and offensive line with the first two picks, and linebacker just, it's not going to be a value pick at this point. It's a similar class to last year where in the second round there was just no one worthy of, of selecting. You get into the third round, and it was really, we liked Pratt. We liked a handful of guys that ended up not going, Jake, into what, round four and five for a bunch of them. So I think we're going to end up in a similar year with linebacker as last year, and you're just going to have to come back in round four and five and say, okay, I guess I'll take another guy here. 
I mean, if you're a running back guy and you want to just go all in on the offense, and I think Chubba. that I think that it is certainly Justin Jefferson here after the game he had against Oklahoma totally changed my perspective on Justin Jefferson. I thought he would be a solid kind of player, but now I think he has Michael Thomas like upside. I mean, that's obviously a, a very best case, but there are you know, some parallels there for me. You know what I like about this too? Um, reading the stories of Burrow and his receivers getting together and working out and running routes and really fine-tuning every single route and scenario and situation so that they were all on the same page. What They said that one of the biggest jumps from last year to this year wasn't just Burrow. It's that Burrow took command of the receiver group and would tell them uh, what they need to do all the time and prepare them like crazy. There was a story of, I think it was Jefferson, was asked, hey, can we and a, a, matter, a member of the media said, hey, can I talk to you real quick? And he said, I got to go ask Joe Burrow real, real fast. Ran over to Joe Burrow, came back, yeah, I got 10 minutes. So, like, and this was during their throwing session. Like, you don't disrupt it. They're working, and this is what they do. I'd like to have a guy that knows that and comes onto this team and says, you know, this is just what we do, guys. Let's let's do it. Leadership. That's what I hear when you talk about that. But I was talking about running backs real quick just because they're, they're an incredible amount of names at running back that are enticing here. You mentioned Ch- Chuba 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 Hubbard. Sure. Oklahoma State, J.K. Dobbins for all you Ohio State guys is sitting there, would be tempting to many of you, I'm sure. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Najee Najee Harris, Harris. Zach Moss. I mean, the depth of running back in this class is great. Also true of wide receiver, though, and I want to get Mm -hmm. one of the good ones before things start to fall off a little bit here. And I think we need to go back and watch more tape on Justin Jefferson, but that bowl game was very, very good. It's a historic wide receiver class. The Bengals spending this pick is like getting an extra second round pick, in my opinion, because he would go much earlier in a different class. I still think he could be in a third round. I think a lot of these guys that we're going to read and see in rounds two, three, four for wide receiver should go around earlier, but not every team can draft a receiver. It's There's like 60 guys worth taking this year. It's pretty insane. So let's go Justin Jefferson here. This could be some recency bias too. That's worth right. mentioning because we just saw him do something ridiculous in the semifinal game. And we'll see what's there in the fourth round as things start to get even dicier as far as names that we will actually recognize. And the the fact that we haven't taken a defensive player yet for one of the worst defenses in the league, this really, you know, I like the idea of securing and really bolstering this offense to the max. I mean, you feel really good if these guys pan out you got to get a defensive player in here somewhere. So we're on the clock here in the fourth round, Joe. Where are we looking on defense? This Joshua Uchi, or Uk, I don't know. He went to Michigan, played edge. Uh, He has a good name, and he's pretty high on PFFs and the Draft Network Sports. I don't know who that is. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson and A.J. Green at corner because those names are scream all pro to me. So maybe we just get to this point in the fourth round where we don't know enough to do this yet. I do know who Zach Moss is. He's a running back for Utah, but we're not going to pick another offensive player here after going offense, 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 are we? No, and you look, there's Najee Harris and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We take either one of those guys too, but again, we don't want to keep going LSU. We don't want to keep going offense. I think we should let the listeners tell us who they want in the fourth round, but how do we tell them who's available? Give them the top guys. The top defensive players? Yeah. This Uchi guy from Michigan, 
I think, is the top guy available on PFF's board. He's an edge guy. Uh, Shaheem Carter, the safety from Alabama, is pretty high on PFF's board. I think he's in the 60s. On the Draft Network's board is Anthony Jennings, Alabama's edge. He's not in the top 100 for PFF, but he's at 85 for the Draft Network. Who else There's do we have safety here? at the very top of this list for Draft Network. Brandon, Brandon Jones. Jones. Safety out of Texas. I'm not aware of him. There's a tight end. You want to go tight end again? Hunter Bryant, Washington? No. He's, he's actually supposed to be really good. Uh, more of a receiver Justin. than an inline guy. Here, we need an interior guy. Justin, I'm going to try and say this name. Madubuke. What do you think? Madubuke. That seems about right. Okay, great. I can't find this Brandon Jones safety from Texas on PFF's board. I don't know who he is. No, this is where we're at today. Yeah, this is this is where we're totally lost, right? We don't go four rounds anymore. We're doing three rounds until we've got a collection of players in our mind. Yeah, we need to we need to learn. Here's what we do: Mackay Becton. Mackay Becton. Yeah, but I would go Sam Cosme here. If if Cosme's actually there in the fourth round, I would I would just run to the podium with Sam Cosby's name on my card. Smash your head into the podium. Michael Pittman's there. Speaking of throwbacks. Oh, man, Michael Pittman, throwback, you're right. Remember his arms for the Bucks? Yep. He had these gigantic tree trunk just cut up. They weren't just like big arms. They were just freaking ripped with veins popping through them. Google Michael Pittman Bucks if you haven't. Also, Josh Jones, that offensive tackle from Houston I was talking about, still on the board. So if we didn't go Leatherwood earlier, I would be Mm -hmm. picking one of those three guys here. Easy. Again, this is what I what we were talking about. There's a lot of good tackles still here in the fourth round even. Take two this year. Yeah, we could we could double dip for sure. I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know who any of these people are. Antoine Winfield Jr. Oh. You think what? I'm joking? Is we he the safety or is he a corner? Yeah. Ohio State. Oh, there he is. Minnesota. Oh, jeez, cut that out for me, or else the Buckeyes are going to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to come I for both of us. Ohio State here. Was it original Antoine Winfield, Ohio State, or was that Nate Clements? I'm all fucked up now. Make a pick. I'm going Shaheem Carter. I know who that name is. So that's going to wrap up our mock draft Monday. We should not have gone four rounds because we got way yeah. out of our depth. But we did. And we have, for the first three rounds, when we knew what we were doing, we have a whole bunch of new offensive players. We have a new quarterback. We have a new tackle guard. We have a new receiver. Keep going. I'm close. Uh, We're not even doing that one today, Joe. Oh, no Blue Chew head? Blue Chew is, is, I don't even, maybe later this week. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back. Tomorrow, happy New Year. Tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Today's New Year's Eve, depending on when you're listening. And we'll see you next time, Bengals fans. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wildcard exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. Throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020, and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers, and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.